Good morning, my friend. I hope you're doing well. It is self-brain surgery Saturday out here on the very cold river here in Nebraska. Uh, Moon River Ranch has been lit up by the full moon this week. It's been incredible to see the moon rises and the we were blocked out by weather for the lunar eclipse on Tuesday. We didn't get to see the blood moon, but we saw the rising moon each night. It comes and shines right down the river, and it's just incredible. And uh, and we're just so grateful to get to live on this beautiful piece of ground. But today, I'm actually recording this on Friday, and if you're listening every day, then you heard, you're going to hear uh, a conversation, Friday conversation today that I did with Annie Grace, who wrote a book called This Naked Mind about alcohol, finding freedom from alcohol. And I set it up where I told you that that book that that book isn't really about alcohol. Now, of course, it is about alcohol. Her her journey and her story are about finding freedom from alcohol specifically. But after I recorded it, it dawned on me that the reason that kept running through my mind is that it wasn't really just about alcohol. Is that her story? kind of reminds me of Hemingway's Old Man in the Sea. So it, it, his book is about fishing, right? It's about going out, an old guy going out in a, in a boat to catch a marlin and prove that he still has what it takes and he overcomes great adversity and all that. But but it's not about fishing. It's about, it's about perseverance. It's about believing in yourself. It's about fighting a great foe and coming out victorious. It's about pressing on and, and carrying through even when people are down on you or don't believe in you anymore. And Hemingway's story is a timeless tale of just perseverance and and overcoming great adversity. And really, Annie Grace's story is about overcoming something big that everybody else thinks you shouldn't have to overcome or you have peer pressure or resistance to overcoming. It's about um, finding your own way, not taking no for an answer, not just believing everything you're told. It's about persistence and, and research and dedication to the idea that you can make tomorrow better than today or yesterday were. And so Annie Grace's story, I think, was really powerful. And I'm going to give you a self-brain surgery episode sometime about alcohol specifically. Not to say you should never use it or not to say that that it's sinful or any of those other things, but just some facts so you can help clear the, the muck and get some relief from some of the cognitive dissonance about alcohol if that's something you struggle with. We're going to do that in a couple of weeks, but not today. Today I have a quick self-brain surgery Saturday episode for you. Later today I'm recording another incredible Friday conversation. I'm so blessed to have all these amazing people that are willing to come onto the show. And we're talking to Randy Alcorn again today to talk about his new book. And you'll get that episode next Friday, Lord willing. Randy lost his dear wife Nancy earlier this year. and We're going to talk about grief and loss and his new book. And it's going to be a wonderful conversation but but I want to talk for just a few minutes today about what we'll call let's call catastrophization. Let's let's call it catastrophization. This idea that you get worried about something and instead of just thinking about it for a second and then moving on, you get stuck on it and it becomes this this repetitive thought where you perseverate and you go down all these rabbit trails of worst case scenarios and what could happen and all that. And I just want to talk for a minute. This is going to be a short episode because I got to get to work, but it's going to be a short episode. And I want to, I want you to understand what happens in your brain when you prognosticate doom over your own life. And I want to just give you a couple of little thoughts about that. Because the fact is, friend, you have a choice of what you think about. You're the only 
animal, if you want to think about humans as animals. I, mean, I don't think of us that way. But, but the only species that's known to have selective attention, which means that you can decide what you think about. For Harvey and Lewis, it's about survival for them. It's about they're hungry. they got to think about food. They can't get off that thought unless I make them get off of it. They're going to chase a deer until they drop or if I make them shock them back into the yard or whatever. They don't have the ability to say, hey, that's not helping me to think about that. I'm going to switch over and think about this other thing instead. They're stuck with, with the thought that they have in their mind at a time unless some external force kind of makes them change what they're thinking about. But you, my friend, of all the species in the world have the gift, and it's a gift of selective attention. So I'm going to give you a self-brain surgery thought about how to switch off doom prognostication, catastrophization, whatever you want to call it, when you're struggling because you can't change your life until you change your mind. And learning this little self-brain surgery technique of switching off the switch of catastrophization is going to help you. And the good news is Lisa's going to tell us how to start today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done if you like the show. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. All right. I'm sitting here drinking a cup of coffee. It's a beautiful morning. It's about 12 degrees out here on the river, and I'm drinking black silk coffee from Folgers and in an in ember coffee mug that Lisa got me. Ember's a coffee mug that that uh, stays warm so it keep, keeps your coffee warm while you're drinking so i'm gonna have a cup of coffee with you and i hope that you're safe and warm somewhere and that you're getting ready to have an amazing day but but in order to have an amazing day you have to learn my friend we have to learn together and it's a constant process we have to learn how to control the six inch battlefield between our own ears because if you don't learn how to control what you think about you're never going to be able to control what your hands and feet do right and that's really one of the lessons we learned from Annie Grace. Like, like if you don't learn how to think differently about alcohol or about whatever numbing behavior it is that you're using every day, if you don't learn how to think differently, you'll never learn how to live differently, right? Now, remember, this is this is New Thing November. We talked about, uh, at the first of the month, we talked about Isaiah 43. Let me pull that verse up for you. I told you we got to do something new. If we want to shake things up in our life, if we want to... Um, find some way to change the past we have to stop covering the same old ground and of course the bible is always way ahead of us isaiah 43 the prophet is told by god to tell the people forget the former things starting in verse 18 isaiah 43 18 and 19 forget the former things do not dwell in the past see i am doing a new thing 
Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Listen, friend, sometimes life starts to feel like a wilderness, doesn't it? I can tell you after you lose a child, we lost our son Mitch in 2013, and we were in the desert, friend. It was a dry and thirsty land for a long time. It hurt, and we were struggling, and we worked hard to, to look at how people can somehow manage to make it through. We saw examples of people. And for us, Lisa's parents, Dennis and Patty, had lost two children. How did they find joy again and peace and purpose? And I, and I went to the Bible, and led by a chaplain, Pastor John, my friend, who, who said, hey, go look at Lamentations and learn how, to, learn how to lament but also still live. And over time, using neuroscience and, and using Scripture and using examples from other people and lots of books that I read, we found a path forward to, to happiness and peace again after grief. And, and we learned how to put together a treatment plan that I've given you now in my new book, Hope is the First Dose, that will be coming out on July 25th, by the way. You can now pre-order it on Amazon and, and all the major booksellers. Uh, in your local bookstores, you can pre-order it. You can pre-order the audio book, which I haven't even recorded yet, but but it's out there. It's starting to come soon. The artwork will be up soon, so you can see what the cover looks like and all that. But the reason I wrote Hope is the First Dose is to help us learn how to change our minds and think differently about the things we've gone through so we can be ready to go through the rest of our lives, even though there's going to be hard things, even though there's going to be sad things, and even though we've had a history of some sad things that we've gone through in the past, we can still find peace, joy, happiness, purpose, passion, love, and life again. And that's what the new thing is about. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. I'm sure you've been back there, but don't dwell on them. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. There's a character in my new book. He's called Lucky Chuck. He's based on a real patient that I took care of in Wyoming. And I chased him up just enough that nobody would be able to recognize him or that I don't violate his confidence or, or his privacy. But Lucky Chuck said when his wife B got sick with brain cancer, with uh, lung cancer, sorry, she told him, B said, you need to decide right now before this biopsy result comes back, before we find out I have cancer, before I start getting sick, before I die, whatever happens, whatever happens, you decide right now who God is. You decide right now what you believe because you're going to need him. You're going to need him to get you through the hard times that are coming if I'm really sick. And he said that made all the difference for him. He, he had to decide before he got into this situation who God was for him. And I'm just telling you right now, friend, one of the secrets to dealing with this problem of catastrophization where you get something in your mind and you start worrying about it and you start spinning it around like a Rubik's Cube and you can't find anything but doom and gloom in the future because your brain is going to start forecasting to you that that thing is going to come true and you start giving it power and you almost start making decisions to, to make it happen. And that, that thing is because we forget to decide who God is. That, that, that's the root cause of it. We forget that he's gotten us through a lot of things before. And he's gotten us through this moment and up to this moment right now. And he's gotten you in front of this speakers that you're listening to this podcast on to say this, that God has been faithful in the past. He'll be faithful again in the future. You need to decide that, okay? Now let's talk about our brains. Let's go deep inside our brain to an area called the amygdala. The amygdala down in the in the medial part of the front part of your brain, the old part called the limbic system, and the amygdala are the center for where emotion, fear, anxiety, doom, fight or flight, all that stuff happens. And then in this, in the uh, 
area called the cingulate gyrus, the anterior cingulate cortex, is a little horseshoe-shaped area up in front of your corpus callosum, deep inside the, the middle part of your brain. And there's two things that you need to know about the amygdala and the cingulate cortex. Reading a book right now, I'm going to have the author, Andrew Newberg, actually, is a brain scientist in Philadelphia. He's going to be on the show pretty soon. Lord willing, we've been emailing back and forth. We're trying to find the right date. But he wrote a book called How God Changes Your Brain. He's one of the leading researchers in the world at looking at brain imaging, kind of like Daniel Amen, but specifically functional brain imaging using MRI and SPECT and all kinds of research about what happens in people's brains when they focus on different things, positive, negative things, prayer, meditation. How does it all that stuff change your brain. And here's something Andrew Newberg said in his book, How God Changes Your Brain. Brain scan studies have shown that once you anticipate a future negative event, activity in the amygdala is turned up and activity in the anterior cingulate is turned down. And this generates higher levels of neuroticism and anxiety. Hear that again. Just focusing on a future negative event, even if it's just imaginary, even if it's just something that's, that you're worried about might happen. You're laying there in bed and you feel a little bump on your chest wall and your brain says, oh, that's a tumor. And your brain starts going down. It's a tumor. It's going to spread to my lungs. It's going to spread to my bones. They're going to tell me it's not treatable. I've got three months to live. You're going to spin down that path, right? And just the idea, just the, the, the beginning of focusing on a future negative event, Newberg says, has been shown to significantly alter the blood flow and the neurochemical activity of your amygdala, which means you're turning on your own brain's fight-or-flight response when you decide to think about a future negative event. Just let that sink in for a second. And at the same time, you're turning down your anterior cingulate gyrus. Why is that important? Well, that cingulate gyrus, Daniel Lehman calls it the gear shifter of the brain. The cingulate gyrus is the, the part that allows us to switch between one thought or the next. I told you before, we have this gift of selective attention, and part of it comes from the cingulate gyrus. It's your gear shift. It, you say to yourself, well, that would be really scary if this bump turns out to be cancer, so I probably ought to get it checked out, but I need to go back to sleep, or hey, I've got to go back to work, so I need to switch off of that thought and switch on to something else. And the cingulate gyrus is involved in that. So if you say instead, I'm going to just sit here and keep worrying about this thing, then what you're doing is you're changing the blood flow and the activity of your cingulate gyrus. You're, you're shooting yourself in the foot, and you're increasing the blood flow and the neural, neuronal activity in the amygdala, and you're saying, I'm just going to let my fear and fight-or-flight response run here. And you are in charge of that decision, my friend. That's the thing. You are in charge. Now, Lucky Chuck made this decision about God, how he was going to respond when things got bad. And when he got brain cancer, he remembered B's words and he followed through. He said, I know who God is. I know that this is a scary diagnosis and I know God's going to take care of me. And whatever happens, I'm going to hold on to my peace of mind. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to tell a good story with my life. There's a guy named Rupert Chang in my last book. I've seen the interview that did the same thing. He's like, I'm going to tell a good story no matter what happens with my body, right? Well, there's another character in my new book, a guy that I called Mr. Green. He had a spinal cord injury, and he had to work really hard to recover from it, and he did. 
But he told me he had to make a decision when he got to rehab. They made him, basically the physical therapist and his family, just beat the tar out of him until he was finally able to get up out of bed and start working in his rehab. Because he said, I just wanted to lie there and not deal with the pain. I wanted to wait until another time when it didn't hurt as much before I was willing to engage in rehab. And he realized, the pain's never going to stop until I engage in rehab. And he decided, I have to relentlessly refuse to participate in my own demise because I realized that I was laying there getting weaker by the day and getting in more and more pain by the day, and I was causing my own decline. I was causing my own demise by my unwillingness to fight through it. And so he taught me something there. Mr. Green said, I must relentlessly refuse to participate in my own demise. And that's the entire self-transferred lesson for today, friend, that you literally get to choose between your amygdala and your cingulate gyrus. You literally get to choose which one gets more blood flow and which one gets more activity by how you decide to think. Let's talk about the cingulate for a second. Anterior cingulate cortex plays a crucial role in lots of complex neurological, neurobiological, and neurochemical processes in your brain. It's pivotal pivotal for solving problems, for helping you learn how to navigate the world socially, how to interact with other people. It's, it's the idea that you can know how to respond and behave in society. The cingulate gyrus is involved in that. Kind of wraps around the front of your corpus callosum, and it's got a lot of connections to both sides of your brain, the higher stuff in your frontal lobe and the deeper stuff in your basal ganglia, thalamus, hippocampus, amygdala, all that limbic stuff. All those connections go through the cingulate cortex. Your capacity for rational and ethical behavior is heavily influenced by the anterior cingulate cortex. I'm going to put a link in the show notes about that tells you all about the anterior cingulate gyrus and anterior cingulate cortex. It's basically your, Daniel Lehman sums it up as your gear shifter. It's how you can switch from one thing to the next. It's how you can decide how you're going to respond and process certain things. It's heavily involved in psychology and emotion. Okay? It's, it, it, it's, it's an area of your brain that you need to have functioning at a high level to be able to handle your emotional life properly. Okay, And it connects to everything else in your brain in such a powerful way that if it's not working properly, you're not working properly. And the fact is, it's been shown clearly in functional MRI studies now, that if you decide to focus on a future negative event, you are downgrading the function of your cingulate gyrus. Let it sink in. You're deciding to take the part of your brain that helps you make better decisions and helps you switch to another healthier train of thought. You're deciding to decrease the blood flow and function of that area by focusing on the negative thought. You're deciding to give, think about the little devil on one shoulder and the little angel on the other. You're deciding to give the devil the upper hand in that spiritual warfare that's happening between your ears when you decide to focus on a negative, future negative possible event. It's just, it's crazy if you think about it that way. Why? If if I was a surgeon and I looked in my patient's brain and I said, oh, there's a, I'm sorry, I dropped my phone. If I looked in my patient's brain and I saw a tumor and I said, I'm going to decide not to take that tumor out. I'm just going to leave it. It's probably going to be okay. That'd be crazy. It'd be malpractice, Right. If I knew how to treat my patient's problem and I decided not to, well, it's self-malpractice. If we know that we can change the blood flow and activity of a part of our brain that's helping us and we choose not to in order to 
increase the blood flow and activity of an area that's going to hurt us. The anterior cingulate cortex is so important. It integrates all kinds of things in your brain, ties things together, helps systems work better together. And it's involved in decision-making, reward-based learning, consciousness, social interaction, empathetic responses, and how we experience pain and all those things. It's so crucial and so important that we just relentlessly refuse to participate in our own demise. Listen, God says it. He's going to do a new thing, and you can trust him to do a new thing because he's done all the things before that have been part of the plan to be good for you. It can be true that you can go through hard things and hard times, and you will, and at the same time that God can be producing good things in your life. That's the reason you're hearing my voice today. I lost a son, which is the worst thing that's ever happened to me and my family. And I pray that it never happens to you. But you know what? You might lose a son or a daughter. You might lose a spouse. You might get brain cancer. Something will happen in your life because every life ends, right? And life is always hard. Jesus promised us that. And the same guy, Jesus, that promised us that he came here to give us an abundant life also promised us in John 16, 33, that life is hard and it's difficult and there's going to be trouble. And you've got to be ready. So you have to decide beforehand what you believe about God. You have to relentlessly refuse to participate in your own demise. You have to help your anterior cingulate make better decisions. You have to keep that thing healthy by refusing to focus on future uncontrollable possible negative events. It's crazy and it's self-malpractice to ruminate on things that probably won't ever happen, or if they do happen, you'll be so afraid and freaked out by them that you can't actually engage your frontal lobes and get your plan together to do something about those things. So my, my advice to you, my prescription as your friend and as your self-brain surgery residency director, if you want to call me that, is to quit it. Relentlessly refuse to participate in your own demise. Take a page from my patient, Mr. Green. Take a page from my patient, Lucky Chuck, and learn how to decide what you believe beforehand to stop participating in your own demise. And we're going to let Tommy Walker sing his song, Get Up. I love this song. It's about the guy that was paralyzed, and Jesus said, Hey, man, you can get up. You can get up. And, friend, you can get up out of your amygdala. And you can get up into your singular cortex. <laughs> you can change how your brain works. You can engage the gift of selective attention. And you can change that gear shift. And you can make your future better by refusing to focus on the past, but by also refusing to tell yourself a negative story about the future instead of trusting that God's got a new thing for you, my friend. It's self-brain surgery Saturday. It's time for us to get up. You can't change your life until you change your mind. The good news, my friend you can start today. I just want to encourage somebody today. If you know that God has been good to you, you ought to put a smile on your face. God is telling somebody right now, get up. Get up out of that situation. Time to move on.
little part with me, say Get up, get up, get up You can be Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarnmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.